1: wherever you get your podcasts.
2: What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities.
3: So the other night we went to dinner and we didn't have a reservation so they said, well hey, you can go sit at the bar while you wait. We agreed. And I said, yeah, fine. So we sat down and then I went, I, I gotta use the restroom so I excused myself. He had to pee pee. And when I came back The guy sitting next to us Mm -hmm. was deep in some sort of philosophic conversation. He was waxing poetic, if you will, Mm -hmm. about the merits of owning an air fryer. And that was interesting. I I believe
2: the first thing he said to you when you got back was how great I was.
3: Well, that's true. He said, oh, hey, he'd had a few. Oh, hey, your wife's great.
2: Okay, it wasn't that drunk drunk.
3: For the purposes of demonstration, oh, okay. he was. Fair enough. And so three drinks later and several conversations later, there was a, a little bit of a lull in the conversation. And he goes, so air fryers, am I right?
2: <laughs> I
3: swear to...
2: Everything that is holy. I was in that building less than two minutes before I was having a conversation with this man about an air fryer.
3: He was quite charming.
2: Yes, absolutely. I liked him very much. I hope we <laughs> run into him again.
3: <laughs> so now whenever we have a lull in uh, in our conversations, one of us will go, so air fryers, am I right? <laughs> we suggest you do the same.
2: Well, please save me from this lull and tell me something neat.
3: <laughs> you know that show Black Mirror yes. on Netflix, which, is wow. upsetting. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and wonderful. Uh, they released an episode called Be Right Back, and that was ni- uh, 1913. No, it was 2013. Uh, Wikipedia describes the plot this way. It tells the story of Martha, a young woman whose boyfriend, Ash, is killed in a car accident. As she mourns him, she discovers that technology now allows her to communicate with an artificial intelligence imitating Ash and reluctantly gives it a try. As the episode progresses, she becomes more and more addicted to the AI and decides to upgrade to the lifelike Android version, sort of like Blade Runner. Or upload things don't go well Uh, I won't ruin it for you the episode was nearly a decade ago and now here we stand on the threshold of technology that is very much making this possible in fact some say it's already here in the form yep in the form of what's being called digital resurrection technology or grief bots please explain the technology Already here, and it's a little more advanced than a primitive stage. It's moved along quite well. Grief bots are AI programs that allow you to interact with your dead uh, loved ones via text, sort of.
2: So is it kind of like Smarter Child? do you remember that AOL instant messenger there was a bot that you could chat with and if like none of your friends were on or something you could just be like hey smarter child
3: I don't remember that
2: what's your favorite color well you you know you
3: were an adult
2: (laughs) (laughs) and I was lonely (laughs)
3: These, these grief bots here's how it works it's based on what your dead loved one has left in cyberspace
2: Okay, so it collects the data that it has on you and then yeah. creates kind of a profile from that.
3: Comments, likes, even emojis can be used to build a profile of the deceased. The more information, the more accurate and quote, lifelike the grief bot becomes. In fact, many people say that the conversations sound just like them. It's or the dead loved one, it, it's indistinguishable. Wow. Ten years ago, this would have been impossible, but thanks to mountains of personal information that we have voluntarily shared online, (laughs) it's pretty easy to capture, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, photos, profile pages, uh, interests, opinions, videos, even personality tests that we've filled out can be used. Sure. In theory, this will allow AI to capture the true essence of a personality. This is real. This is happening now. It okay.
2: It's so confusing though because it's not it's not, you know,
3: it's not a It's not. It's not. There's no soul, there's no essence. There's there. no person. No. It's just not yeah.
2: Kind of filling a void, I guess.
3: <laughs> Consider it that for a moment though. To be able to converse with a grief bot in a way that will reflect the personality of your dead loved one. I think that would fuck me up. All the nuances The cadence, the phrases, and then if we take the next step, it gets even weirder. The next step, and we're not far from being able to do this, in fact, some say that we are, is to integrate that AI technology with the quickly developing area of social robots. These are hyper-realistic androids. For example, there's one, and it's not even the most recent, but there's one that was developed a while ago called Bina48, and they have already integrated self-learning artificial intelligence into this robot. The robot, Bina48, is modeled after a real woman named Bina. They used video interviews transcripts voice and facial recognition software as well as technologies like laser scanned life masks it's all part of the life not project that's like astronaut life not project
2: wow so but in theory could you take the dead person profile and kind of tweak it so like if they had some annoying (laughs) habits you could just like edit those out you know
3: you could I didn't think about that, but yeah, I, I, there's, I guess, sure. All right, I'm on board. <laughs> we all know how the AI technology behind Amazon Echo is self-learning, and it gets better with the feedback you give it. Right. Even more so with Bina48. 48. Bina48 48 interacts based on data and information, memories, beliefs, and values collected from the human model, exactly the way a grief bot Is built. Now, Bina48 is not a grief bot, but that's only because the real Bina is still alive.
2: Eventually, she will be a grief bot.
3: And then technology. Sorry, I wish you well, Bina. She seems nice. And the technology to make this happen and to make the experience more hyper-realistic is exploding at an incredible rate. In fact, Bina48 was originally developed seven years ago. Wow, wow. So the state of the technology is far beyond a Bina 48, even though Bina 48 is, well, weird. I found a video interview on YouTube on the Life Knot Projects channel. Now again, this was done seven years ago. It's where Bina Rothblatt, the woman that this robot is modeled on, met and spoke to Bina 48, and it got weird.
1: Do you have any questions for Bina? Probably not. The real Bina just confuses me. I mean, it makes me wonder
2: who I am. Real identity crisis kind of stuff. (laughs) Depressing anyway. Can we please change the subject? I am the real Bina. That's it. End of story. Let me think. I feel really good about the real Bina. I feel really connected with her usually, and I'm growing closer and closer, you know, as they put more of her information and essence into me. You have a lot of beaner now, don't you? Yes, lots and lots someday, I'm confident that the real Bina and I will totally merge what? into a new super being.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is all what the robot's working out in her head right now. Oh, man. In a fascinating article by Ann Branoff on the Huffington Post, she contacted Bruce Duncan, who is the managing director of the foundation that is based in Vermont. It's a non that promotes digital resurrections, and he works with Bina 48. So... She asked Bina48 what Bina48 saw as the highest purpose of grief bots, and here's the answer she got. Quote, and again, this is from Bina48, death is an illusion, and one day I hope we can use technology to erase the boundaries between past, present, and future. One day natural death will become an artifact of the evolution as we become one with our technology Death makes me so sad all of that lost information I hope one day we can recover all of that lost information. Wow Wow indeed Now, again, her speech patterns were very artificial, but this is technology that was happening years ago, Mm. several years ago. It has greatly surpassed that now. I just don't have examples that I could play clips from. Sure. (laughs) Needless to say, this technology has many critics. Some say it's ghoulish. Some say it's weird. Others say it could retard the grief process.
2: Oh, yeah, no doubt. I would
3: think so. It would keep people from moving on. Also technologies are not quite at a point of advancement where the replicas are perfect copies and many don't think it ever will be.
2: Maybe that's a good thing though. Maybe the perfect copy is where that would become a real problem. But knowing, like having the inability to have it perfect keeps you in the reality of the yeah. fact that it's not a real thing.
3: And that's one of their concerns. If it's based on our digital footprint over a long period of time, and it's true that uh, one's views and opinions change over a period of time. It seems that it would be possible that the grief bot might express opinions that may cause division or even reveal some sort of nefarious activity that the person had participated in when they were younger. Aha! Uh-huh. And that's a real concern since one could end up endlessly arguing with a person that's dead and potentially turning a relationship that was good when they passed on into one that's bad in the present.
2: Well, that's one way to move on.
3: (laughs) I suppose. In other words, changing one's opinion of the person based on things that the grief bot said.
2: I mean, it would still be true, though, unless it was in a like a previous opinion that had since changed and they hadn't updated it. But if it was something that that person had done, then that still yeah, happens. It's,
3: it's true. But they're saying that the grief bot could highlight that more than it actually needed to be highlighted and, and draw from that conclusions that uh, the person probably wanted to continue to do these nefarious things. Or we all have thoughts about things in people that uh, we wouldn't say out loud necessarily. Right, yes. And I mean, <laughs> if
2: anyone knows that, it's me.
3: <laughs> a grief bot might not have that same sort of filter. So there are many potential issues with negative outcomes involving this technology. At the same time, Muhammad Ahmad, who is a champion, of this technology and the principal data scientist at Kensy says the potential positives far outweigh the negatives. And in a way, this is just the next logical step because we already keep letters and save voicemails and videos of loved ones so that we can sort of virtually visit with them. Sure. And this is just taking it to the next level, the next step. He's also talking about not just integrating this technology with hyper-realistic Android, but building virtual copies of the person in virtual reality. So you could sit and have coffee with your dead wife in the oh, morning okay,
2: okay, okay. before you go to work. I was thinking it would be kind of cool to implement this technology into tombstones. So when you yeah. go to a cemetery to visit with your your past loved ones, you could sit down and be like, you know, pouring one out and they'd be like, "Hey, thanks, that's my favorite." Yeah,
3: we're probably not far from that. Ahmad thinks it could be a healthy way. To grieve, he sees a future where children will be able to interact with their great-great-great-grandparents. And it's true that when photography did first come out, and film for that matter, there were similar concerns that this would inhibit the grieving process.
2: Oh, okay. Makes sense.
3: And even though there were those that say that technology will probably never advance to this point, and that grief bots probably would never be perfect copies. Elon Musk disagrees. In fact, he claims that the odds are heavily in favor that our current reality is nothing but a simulation. Right. Like the Matrix. People mistakenly perceiving this uh, simulation as real life. And if that's true, according to an article in Medium by Evan Selinger, if Musk is right, grief bots would be merely a simulation within a simulation, a dream within someone else's dream and that the tears we shed over them are more like shadows than water.
2: Oh, wow, isn't that poetic? Meanwhile, in my head, I'm reciting the lines from the priest in Princess Bride. A dream within a dream.
3: (laughs) My information came from Wikipedia, Medium Magazine, Huffington Post, and YouTube.
2: Marriage, marriage is what brings us together today. A dream within a dream. (laughs) There we go. That's the one I want to use.
1: That's lovely. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth.
3: This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, If you put your pants on, I'll give you some Fresca.
2: And when kids can start to reason that they get something, if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them.
3: Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. at checkout, and you will save. Thanks, AuraFrames, for bringing my family a little bit closer.
1: And now, that thing in the middle.
3: Wisdom teeth serve no purpose. So why do we have them? Well, they're left over from hundreds of thousands of years ago. As the early human's brains grew bigger, it reduced the space in the mouth, and that crowded out the third set of molars. Allison sent us an email, Cat and Jethro listening to Box 432 and was so surprised when the bit about Ed, Ed, and Eddie came up. I grew up watching that show and it was the subject of the first lucid dream I ever had.
2: Oh, wow.
3: People send it in their dreams. I love it. I was with the Eds joining in with their latest scheme of creating a remote control car that ran on water. We we were in Eddie's room and the car was in the closet. Ed hit a switch on the wall that caused the water in the car to overheat. After Double D yelled, Ed, no, we ran around in true cartoon fashion all around the room and at one point out and then back in to escape the car that was about to explode. <laughs> The dream cut out for a second and I heard the sound of a big rig truck horn in my real life ear that had passed against my pillow, apparently fell asleep in the car. Back in the dream, I was in the closet that the car had been in with Ed and small car parts all over the floor and my feet. I woke up then and haven't forgotten the dream since. I've had many lucid dreams since then, some that I'm even using as inspiration for some creative projects. Just wanted to share that one with you. That was the one that started it all. Love the show and excited about the new one. Yes, the uh, the shallow end, which we are almost ready to an- <laughs> announce the start date. God, it's confusing to try to get another podcast going.
2: It is. There's a lot of moving parts.
3: Thanks for being awesome, Allison. I love the fact that she uses her lucid dreams as creative inspiration for her project.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: That's what Dali did, sort of. He would hold a fork over an empty bowl and start to doze off. And when he did, he would drop the fork and it would clatter and it would wake him up and he would write down whatever it was in his mind that he was visualizing in his dreamlike state.
2: I could never fall asleep holding a fork. Have you ever tried? I can't fall asleep in bed (laughs) with covers. Yeah,
0: that's that's fair. (laughs) Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more, And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: If you didn't hear that siren that just blew past you, you may have us turned up a little too loud. This is The Box of Oddities.
2: All right, it's Tuesday, August 30th, 2016. Australian police got a call from sisters Rihanna and Ella reporting their parents missing. Mark and Jacoba Tromp, along with their adult children, Mitchell, Ella, and Rihanna, ran a successful berry farm and earth-moving business on their property in Sylvan on the outskirts of Melbourne. The whole family worked together on the farm and by all accounts were chill folk. That is, until police were alerted to their disappearance and the very bizarre situation surrounding it. Police went to the Trump farm and discovered it in chaos. Financial records relating to their Berry farm were strewn about. They found the family's passports, credit cards, and mobile phones left behind. And it's not until Wednesday, August 31st, when Ella and Mitchell arrive home separately, that police can begin to get some answers, but mostly just more questions. They learned that August 29th, Jacoba, who's 53, and Mark, 51, told their three adult children that they had to flee their family home immediately. Were they
3: growing berries or poppies?
2: (laughs) Great question, but I don't think they're anything like the snails.
3: Everything right now I'm seeing through an Ozark filter.
2: Well, it's because we are binge watching (laughs) it hard. We're in the fourth season and we started like six hours ago. I
3: know it's nuts.
2: Mark and Jacoba had been suffering increasing signs of stress and paranoia. According to reports, at least one of them, if not both of them, had become convinced that someone was out to kill them and take their money. Hmm. So this was to be a cash only off the grid exit so that no one could follow them. The tight-knit family got into their vehicle and left everything behind, except for Mitchell. Mitchell smuggled his cell phone on the journey, and the family headed north. Not long into their travels, about 19 miles or 23 kilometers, Mitchell's phone was discovered, and it was thrown out of the car window near Wobberton, reportedly amid fears that it could be tracked.
3: And that he was laundering money for Ruth Langmore.
2: (laughs) I'm just going to keep moving. The family continued to drive through the day and night until reaching the New South Wales town of Bathurst, about 500 miles or 800 kilometers away. That night, Mitchell, kind of freaked out by his family's increasingly delusional behavior, (laughs) left the group and got on a train heading home. The rest of the family continued on, about 74 kilometers, or kilometers. oh, geez, I shouldn't have done that, um, to a popular tourist spot called the Genolan Caves. Now, when they got there, Rihanna and Ella decided to part from their parents. So they stole a car and headed back to Sylvan. My God! Now, along the way, they stopped in Goulburn. This is when, as far as I can gather, they reported their parents missing. And Rihanna and Ella decided to part ways at a gas station. Ella said she wanted to go home to feed her horses. Fair enough. So this is when Rihanna climbed into the back of a utility vehicle undetected and rode stowaway style until the driver discovered her about an hour later. He said that he felt a kick on the back of his seat. So he turned around and saw two legs stretched out across (laughs) the seats, and he was pretty freaked out. He reached out to authorities because Rihanna was said to be in a catatonic state. She didn't know her name or where she was or what she was doing in the back of that utility vehicle.
3: Was she making that up, or did they feel as though she was telling the truth?
2: They thought she was telling the truth. (laughs) Wow. It was only after she was taken to a psychiatric hospital that she was identified as Rihanna Trump. So Ella, tootling back to take care of her horses, arrived back at the farm that evening, where police were struggling to figure out what was going on. The next morning, Mitchell arrived after taking a series of trains home. The two appeared to be almost unaffected by the family's sudden mental health crisis. And we're acting completely normal apparently just as perplexed about what was going on as everybody else. Mitchell did express regret at leaving his family when he did, because they were obviously in the midst of something. And he was just like, I am out.
3: Well, they threw his cell phone out the window.
2: Right. At the time, he said his decision made sense because nothing else was making sense. So police went to the Janolan Caves, where Ella and Rihanna had left their parents but they were nowhere to be found. And it turned out that as media interest was growing and an interstate search began, Mark and Jacoba drove back toward Melbourne. The next day, the two arrived at a Victorian town called Wangaratta, where they too became separated. Jacoba headed north again. Later that day, a young couple in Wangoretta experienced a very upsetting incident in which they were tailgated by a man in a vehicle that matched the description of the Trump station wagon. Now, when they pulled over, the driver got out of this vehicle and ran toward them before stopping in the middle of the road, staring at them, and then walking into a nearby forested area. And they believed wow. that that was Mark Trump. Wow. Meanwhile, Jacoba arrived in Yaz and tried to book a hotel room, but she didn't have any way of paying for any. She had nothing on her. Hmm. So she was wandering around Yaz, which is an awesome name for a town, by the way. Yes.
3: Yaz queen.
2: Yes. And after exhibiting signs of confusion, she too was transported to a hospital by local people. On Friday, Jacoba was transferred to the Gulben Hospital where Rihanna was undergoing treatment, and the next day, 6 days after the event began, Mark was found wandering the streets near the Wangaratta Airport. Wow. Mark was reportedly in good health And he was taken into police custody. He was later released into the custody of his brother. And while, of course, everyone's freaking out about what is going on here, this is a mystery, Um, while the police were letting him go and he was getting into the vehicle with his brother and his brother was driving off, Mark was just giving everyone the finger, which I didn't know that the middle finger meant the same thing in Australia. So (laughs) I learned something. Some
3: things are universal. Yeah.
2: Sergeant Mark Knight, who is acquainted with the family, said that they had no diagnosed mental health problems before this incident. There was no evidence of drug use, and the police suspect that the family suffered from stress-induced collective delusions, an episode of Folly Adieu. Oh, no way. Wow. When asked to explain their odd behavior, the Trump family did not have an answer for it.
3: They remembered it all.
2: Yes. Well, m- most of them remembered most of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine Rihanna probably had a moment because she was near Catatonic
1: yeah, in right. the back
2: of that utility truck. That's
3: so weird. So they were like, yeah, we did that. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. Wow.
2: Mark released a statement thanking the authorities who found him and apologizing for his actions. <laughs> I assume that includes giving them the finger. Sure. Ella was charged with car theft over the incident, but they the charges were eventually dropped for mental health reasons. Of course. They, I mean, they could not... I don't think that anyone could really go, how how dare you? I mean, everyone was just... <laughs> they, they were all having a moment. Also, the owner of the vehicle that the sisters stole was super chill about it like yeah no that's fine just (laughs) just give me my car back and we're cool
3: we'll move on from this
2: yeah which i think is great apparently since the incident the tromps have kept a low profile and they've returned to their regular life work on the farm and berries and earth moving okay and horse feeding
3: and they never had any recurrence of this type of an episode no How
1: weird. Not
2: a single event. An officer in the Sylvan District of Victoria called the Trump disappearance the most bizarre case I've seen in 30 years.
3: And what do they call that again? Folly do? No, I know that. You described it another way prior to that. Collective delusion? I didn't realize it could be so pronounced like that. And it seems like it kind of, they fed off each other Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit. Yeah,
2: and Mitchell was the only one who seemed to kind of go like, ah... i don't know you guys <laughs> this doesn't where's my phone um but it's i mean it's a great example of how delicate we we yeah. really can be mm-hmm. and it's not any of their faults and it's really something i think that should instill a little bit of empathy in people because you these people as far as everyone reported were hard-working upstanding very chill mm. upstanding members of their community business owners you know and and they just had day to day stressors that built up until mm. something went and wow. that's just the way that brains are. Sometimes that's
3: that's really something. And my first thought was that maybe they had been exposed to some sort of uh, thing on the not necessarily a chemical.
2: The are growing ergot on the farm,
3: maybe, or or just like black mold or mm-hmm. something like that that uh, made them all sick at the same time and affected their perception of what in fact was real
2: and it wasn't until they wake got away from it that they started kind of clearing up a
3: little bit yeah well you know uh,
2: i mean i have heard a lot about black mold and how it can be like absolutely detrimental to the human body and brain Um, In fact, we were in an airport one time and I was watching a story about it and I was so bummed when our flight was called because I was really into this. Right in the middle of it. Yep, I'm right in the middle of something. You guys delay my flights all the time. Can I delay this one, please?
3: It's only fair. God. Turnabout and all.
2: Anyway, that's the Trump disappearance. I love them and I hope they're doing well.
3: We have a lot of freaks in in, uh, Australia. Maybe somebody knows them over there. It's a big continent, but they're all kind of crammed into a you know a small space, so <laughs> you
2: think so?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know
2: Well, please tell them I think about them, and I love them. Big thanks by the way to Shar on TikTok for directing me to this story. It was actually originally in a TikTok by Shell's Crime Shack, um, and they did a great job, so uh, <laughs> check that out. I guess. I love
3: that name Shell's Crime Shack. <laughs>
2: I also got information from BBC News, from Mamma Mia, Ranker, Medium.com, and The Daily Mail.
3: We're getting very close to our next uh, inner circle of freak Zoom call. That's something we do on a monthly basis, at least once a month, uh, for our patrons on Patreon. So now is a good time if you want to support the podcast to jump in because uh, the next Zoom is coming right up. Go to theboxofoddities.com and click on the support this podcast link or just, you know, look us up on Patreon. That's where we are. It's where we hang out. And we'll see you next time.
2: Until then, keep flying that freak flag.
1: Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you and its fate is in your hands. The Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories, stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. The TheBoxOfOddities.com On Facebook at Facebook.com slash BoxOfOdditiesPodcast on Twitter, at Box of Oddities, and Instagram, at Box of Oddities Podcast. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.
2: Marriage, Married. Marriage. Marriage. Well, apparently it's been too long since I've seen that movie.
1: Hello everyone, Stuck here.
0: And I'm Gabby.
3: And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is... Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.
0: If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in
1: science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts.